Welcome to 2022. Yes, that's about the sentiment that I continue to hear. Because 2020 ruined us. 2021 we thought would be better. Ha ha. And who knows what 2022 is going to bring. I hope it's better. But honestly, for me, I don't really care. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change how I look at things. It doesn't change how I operate. I should always operate with the same notion. I'm God's. And whatever he allows, whatever he wants to do, I'm in. 100% all the way. Amen? That's a scary place to be. Because he does things way outside of my comfort zone. Way outside of your comfort zone. But the reality is, we're his. We're his. And if we truly are his, then we've got to be good with whatever comes our way. It's kind of like receiving Christmas gifts, right? Again, you know that I love Christmas and I love presents. We're going to celebrate our fourth Christmas today, and I'm so excited. (laughs) We have yet to be able to celebrate with my parents, and that's what we're doing today. So more presents, yay. But you know, it's sometimes we get caught up with the whole present idea because gifts mean so much to us. Sometimes it's all about the gift, right? Because we're hoping to get that one thing. That one thing that we've been waiting all year that we've held off on because it was a little too much money, but we have rich family and they'll buy it for us. Maybe not. But we we love gifts. And when we get those gifts, we get excited because it's a gift. When we don't know what it is until we unwrap it and then hopefully the excitement continues or you fake it really well, right? Because it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. It wasn't what you were hoping for or it's something that you're like, why? Come on, do not leave me out there by myself. Hopefully you at home know exactly what I'm talking about because nobody else in here is going to fess up. We all get stuff like that. When I was younger, it was usually about the gift. I always loved getting the gifts and whatever the gift was, I just, that's what I focused on. But now as I get a little bit older, I'm finding that I'm enjoying how I got the gift and who the gift came from. Because now the gifts are having to be a little more thoughtful. When you're a kid, you just buy a bunch of toys, right? But as you get older, I have a lot of stuff. I don't need anything. And so when I get gifts, it's generally from people who have spent time thinking about what can I get for Alan? And those mean so much to me because now it's not so much about the gift anymore. Don't get any ideas, dad. Don't take anything back because I'm expecting my dad gift. But it's about the person giving it because of the intent behind it, the love, the encouragement, the, I just want to bless you. You get what I'm saying? Kids don't really get that yet. I get that. But we as adults get that. And so as we unpack these gifts, we begin to see, oh, this thing is being a pain this morning. Do you move my arrow? There we go. It's not just about the what, but it's more about the who. And that's the thing I want us to think about throughout this sermon today. We're going to be observing communion at the end, and hopefully you can kind of already piece together the idea, because it's not about the what, it's not about communion, but it's about the who behind the communion. So many times we focus on, well, what kind of bread are we getting, or what kind of juice is it? Is it wine? Is it grape juice? Is it fermented? Is it old? Is it new? It's not about the what. It's about the who. 
I heard that tagline when we were riding home on our super long trip coming back. It was from Christine Kane, and she was talking about all, all, all kinds of stuff, but that's the thing that stuck out to me more than anything. It's not about the what. It's not about the cool stuff that God does for us. It's not even about heaven. It's about Jesus. It's about the who that brings the gifts, that offers the gifts, that made it possible for us. It's about God who offered his son for us. It's about the spirit who gives his gifts. It's about the who that is the most important. We as believers sometimes get, uh, get this Christian walk all backwards and we focus on the what. What does God owe me? What is God going to give me? What do I get from him? And we forget to live our Christian walk for the who. Because we're so distracted by the what. It's interesting to me that maturity plays into this. Again, as a kid, we're all concerned about the presence, but as we get older, we get more enthused with the who that's giving the presence. And as I was thinking about this sermon, I started thinking about the Saul as a Pharisee. Saul knew God. He knew the ins and the outs of the law. He was a protector of the law. He was a protector of what he thought was right and what was good. And he was all about the what. But when he met Jesus, it became about the who. His whole life transformed. He matured in his walk of his understanding of who God was from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. We find, oh, excuse me, we find Paul changing his walk, changing his life, changing his thought pattern, changing how he lives. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Let me say that again in case it's not resonating with you quite yet. Because of Jesus. I love this place. But this is a what. What we do here is a bunch of what. But the who behind it is what it's all about. It's not about the what anymore. It shouldn't be about the what The what's are bonuses, they're blessings that come on the other side of understanding the who. Now believe it or not, Paul actually talks about uh, the, seriously, thank you. He talks about this in Galatians chapter 4. We went to, um, I got the the opportunity to go to uh, Christmas Eve service with Sally's family and we went to Andy Stanley who I I love um, and we got to hear his Christmas Eve version of, his, of the story, and there was something that he brought out that just stuck with me, and I wanted to share it with you so much today. And Paul actually carries this Christmas story into Galatians chapter 4, and here's what he says in Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Paul says, let me tell you something, people of Galatia. Let me take you back to the who. We're doing a good job with the what, you're getting it, you're understanding, but let me help you understand why all of this is important. Where all of this came from, let me reintroduce and remind you about the who. He says, when God saw that the fullness of time had come, meaning everything had come to final 
completion. It was finished in time for Jesus to come. It says that God sent forth his son. Not just anybody. Not just some random person or some prophet or some uh, other being. He sent his son. He came in the flesh. God the very spoken word of himself, and he came and he lived life amongst us. Why? Because he wanted us to see the who. And what happened? A lot of people got focused on the what. They got focused on what he could offer them, the healing, the cool miracles. But Jesus came to be that who for us. It says that he was born of a woman. Born under the law. We'll talk about that in just a moment. To redeem those who are under the law, which is talking about us. That we might receive what? Adoption as sons, and you can put in there, and daughters. We're adopted. We are in this family if we are claiming Christ as Lord of our life. If we've submitted everything to him. We're heirs to the throne. Look what it says in verse 6. And because you were sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Not only because we are recognizing the who, there's another who that comes and lives within us. The spirit of almighty God, the great creator of the universe, the one that sits on his throne and orchestrates it all. He lives inside of you. Why? Because you are adopted. You are a son. And because you are adopted, you are a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God, he lives in you. I would venture to say that if Christians all across the world could really leverage the understanding of what that really means, we would turn this world upside down. There are so many believers that lead, uh, lead defeated lives because they have not realized the power that lives within them. They don't understand the who. They're just concerned about the what. Therefore, verse 7, he says, Based on all that, you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Not through works, because then we could boast about it. Not because of anything else, not because of how much you tithe or how much church attendance you do or how much you pray or read, not any of that. We are adopted and we are in the family because of a who? Because of Christ. And folks, I love that we do things, and I love that we focus on certain things, and I love that we have programs, but please do not get distracted by the what of Christianity. Be distracted by the who of Christianity. Be distracted by Christ. There's so many things in this passage I want to pull your attention to. When he talks about the fullness of times, here's what it's talking about. It's talking about from Adam, from the beginning of time, all the way to the birth of Christ. That's a long time. Three to four thousand years that have passed in that time period. And then in the Old Testament, when we have the prophets, when the prophets end, when Malachi says his last breath, it is reported that for 400 years, God was silent. Now, does that mean God wasn't working in people's lives? I don't, I don't believe that. 
But what I do believe is I don't think there were any special messages coming through. No new prophecies, no new movings of the Spirit of God through special people. It was just people were doing life however they could following God. For 400 years, they were waiting for these prophecies of a king is coming. He's going to come. They were waiting for all of these things to unfold. And yet, many of them died not seeing it come to fruition. Many of us walk this earth in this Christian life waiting for the return of Christ. Amen? I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Now that we understand the who, one of the bonuses of the what is the fact that he's coming back to get us. So that's exciting. We can be excited about that. But many of us will die before it ever happens. Happy 2020, right? But let's, let's be real. That's the reality of it. Many of us will live our life all the way through, following God, doing everything that he's asked us to do, understanding the who, getting the benefits of the what, and we will die and never see it happen. Never see the return of Christ in the flesh. Can you be okay with that? Because 400 years of people were. But I want you to notice what happened. 400 years of silence, people started getting complacent and started focusing on the what. Because when the who came, they didn't see it. Which, a little caveat for us sitting in this room and for those of you that are listening at home. If we are too concerned with the what, we'll miss it too. We'll miss it too. And so when we see a phrase like this, it really means that everything was in place. The Roman government was in place. The state of the world was in place. The place of the Israelites, that was in place. Everything was in place and God said, now. And he sent his son. Which is an interesting thing for me. Because the way that he <laughs> sent it. Thank you. One more. This thing's really acting up. He sent him as a son. He was sent by God. It was God's son. It was him in the flesh. God in the flesh. His very spoken word coming to live amongst us. He sent his son. The most precious thing that he had. The best representation of himself. And Jesus was prophetic, or prophetically proclaimed as going to be a new royal priesthood, a new king. That's what they were looking for. That's what they were expecting. They were expecting a what? They were expecting him to come in with power and authority and just wreak havoc and take control. That's a what? They weren't expecting a baby born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. They weren't expecting him to to come the way that he came, even though it was foretold that way. That is mind-blowing to me, because that is where we live all the time. We hear what is told in Scripture, and then when we do the opposite, or we're not looking for how it is written, then we wonder, why didn't it work out? We are no different than the Pharisees and the Israelites when Jesus came. They already knew how he was going to come. It was absolutely told them how it was going to happen. And they still missed it. So don't think for one second 
that that can't happen to us when we focus on the what instead of the who. And he came in the fullness of God. I love that. He came as Lord of our lives and in the fullness of God. He was born of a woman. Now, we know what that means. Hopefully, I don't have to explain that today because I would rather not. But he was born fully human. There's lots of debate out there that he was not fully human. And let me tell you, he was fully human, 100%, and fully God, 100%. 100% both sides. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And the reason that we know that is because you can watch how he interacts with people. He is able to empathize and to sympathize with them. When Lazarus, his buddy, dies, he cries. He cries because he's sad his buddy is dead. He cries because he's sad that the people didn't understand who he was and what he was able to do. They were too caught up with the what and not with him as the who. We watch him as he weeps at the rock in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's praying, God, listen, if there's any other way, Father, any other way, I'm down for that. But if not, I'm in. And folks, that is where we need to live. That is the human emotion side of Jesus being fully human, knowing what was coming because he was fully God, but willingly taking himself through that spot. He did not get distracted with the what of what was coming, but he focused on the who, which was God, his father. He was born under the law, which means he experienced everything. He experienced the the Roman tyranny. He experienced hunger. He experienced um, being maybe poor. I mean, he didn't have anything. He experienced all the things under the law that we experience. He experienced loss. He experienced temptation. And you're probably thinking, wait a second, he was Jesus, so that was easy for him. Careful. Fully human. And the way that Satan came at him was probably stronger and more pointed maybe than what we have ever faced. Because the enemy knows how you tick. And the enemy knows how you were made, and he knows your weak points, and he goes straight to them. He goes to the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which, by the way, were the three things that Christ were tempted in. So he knows he can sympathize with us when we go to him and say, Father, I'm tempted with this, or I'm struggling with this. He can say, I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to have Satan in your ear telling you, this is good, do this. But here, let me help you with this. Focus on me and I will guide you through. He knows what it meant to suffer under the law. And he knows the chaos. And we're living in chaos. It's all around us. Some self-created. And some completely out of our control. But it allows us to see that he is not above the law. He wasn't above the law. He's adopted. We are adopted. Because of the who, we're adopted. Because of what Christ has done, we have been redeemed. We just celebrated his wonderful birth. And that's important and it's good. But his death and his burial and resurrection means more to me than anything else. Because without that, all of this is pointless. Without that, this means nothing. 
His birth would have just been something spectacular. But without the death and burial and resurrection of our Jesus, we would not be redeemed the way that we are. And when we trust in the who, when we submit all that we have to him and allow him to be Lord of our lives, now we are sons and we are daughters. We are heirs to the throne. You ever think about that? You're an heir. Now I realize in our normal family systems that might not mean too much. But you are an heir to the throne of God. Let that sink in, please. That should revolutionize how we live. It should change our thought process on how we do things and how we speak to one another. Because now we are not representing the Heinz family or Alan anymore. I am representing the who of Christ. That is my responsibility. That is the mantle I choose to carry from here on out. I want to represent him because I'm an heir. Next slide, please. I'm just going to ask you guys to do it because that's frustrating me. It's all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. I had this camp experience and camp is so good. And so that's really what it is for me. No, you just met the who at camp. Well, you don't understand, I've had this youth program that I'm a part of, and it's so good, we do so many fun things. That's what really is building my faith. No, that's a vehicle to take you to the who. Don't get so focused on the what that we lose sight of who Christ really is. This is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. And when we can focus on Jesus, it actually takes us to the feet of God. Because really, that's really what this is all about. Jesus was the vehicle. He was the the main attraction. He was the thing. He still is. But it's all because of someone even bigger. Even though they're three in one, I get it. I'm not trying to go all theological on you. But the reality is, This is about God. It's all about Jesus. He is our who. He is the one that provides the salvation. He is the one that we are to go to. He is the one that we talk to. He is the one that we communicate with. He is the one that interacts within us. Because he interacts with the Father on our behalf. When we go to the next one, we see the Father. We see the who in this. And the who gives us the Son. Isn't that awesome? That is such a wonderful gift. And we can be excited about the gift, but don't forget about the gift giver. Because through that gift of his son, we can be adopted. But it comes from the who of God. In the next one, we see that it is Jesus. And the the son is the gift giver in this one. And when he came on the earth, he gave us the gift of love. But if we focus too much on love, we forget about the who. Because we can only love through him. And he offers us salvation because of the sacrifice of his life. The willingly laying down his life for us. Now again, I could get distracted by that. I could get so focused on that that I forget about the fact that it's actually him that did it. And I worship these different little theological stances rather than saying this is about God. This is about Jesus. This is about the Spirit. The Spirit is so important. 
Because now that Jesus has left, he has sent his spirit, the spirit of God that lives within all of us. And his spirit provides for us things that we can never find anywhere else. He provides the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I am not normally gentle. Self-control is a struggle. I can love. I can be joyful. But not like I can through the who of the Spirit. If I'm so focused on the things that I do, I lose sight of the who. And then there are gifts. There are all kinds of gifts throughout Scripture that the Spirit provides for us, that unlocks within us and allows us to serve God through those. But if I'm not careful, I could be distracted by the what of the gift that he has given me and forget about the who. Because now it's about me and not about him. So as we bring all this to a close, next slide, it's so annoying. It's not about the what. It's fun to talk about the what. It's great to experience the what. It's fun to share our testimonies about the what. But we better not lose focus of the who. The who is the most important part, aspect, point to all of what we do. All of this stuff is great. But if we lose sight of Jesus and what he wants for us and the spirit that lives within us and the great God who orchestrates it all, if we lose sight of that, then what are we doing? What is this really about? Well, Saul, it was all about Saul. Until he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he got less distracted by the what and very distracted about the who. What's the next slide, please? When we talk about the Feast of the Passover, what was the Feast of the Passover for? Feast of the Passover was to remember the what to all the things that God had done. All the great moments in history that God intervened. And it was really supposed to be pointing back to God. But I can't help but wonder, can't prove it, but I can't help but wonder because they are humans just like we are. I wonder if they ever got distracted about all the cool stuff that God had done and forgot to celebrate God. And so when Jesus came, he's at the feast of the Passover Remember, he rides in on the donkey and he asks his disciples to go find a place. Let's hang out. Let's celebrate the feast. And he celebrates what we call the Last Supper in this moment. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus in this moment is celebrating something of the past. But in that, he says, here's what I want you to do moving forward. When you celebrate this feast of the Passover moving forward from today on, how I want you to celebrate it is, I don't really want you to focus so much on the past anymore. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I don't want you to think about the what anymore. I want you to focus on the who. It's great to celebrate and remember the what. 
But when you do this, when you celebrate the feast of the Passover, what I'm going to do in the next couple of days is going to astound you and blow your mind. And it's going to make more sense, fellas. But here's what I need you to do right now. As we are doing this and when you move forward with this, I need you to do it this way. Do it in remembrance of This next slide is so important for us. Because there are a lot of things that we do that we do it in remembrance of another pastor or another church or another camp experience or because my mama said or my daddy said or it's expected of me. For 2022, I would love for us as individual creatures of Christ and as, individ- or as, as a corporate church, can we start doing things in remembrance of me? Not me, but of Jesus. The right who. The correct who. All the things that happen here are fantastic, and I love them, and I think we should remember them. But I don't want to do things because of them. I don't want to do things because of the what. I want to do things because of the who. I want you to take your little cup here. Don't, don't, don't open it yet. I want you to look at it. So many times when we look at these, if, if you don't have one, just lift your hand. I, I, somebody will come to you and bring you one, I promise But if you look at it, it's a little small cup of juice and a little yummy wafer at the top, right? It's our favorite. Have you ever sat and really thought about this? I mean, seriously. Jesus was sitting with his disciples at dinner. His disciples who loved him who left everything for the last three and a half years following him. They left their families. They left their businesses. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were going to eat. They didn't know what they were gonna, or where they were going to sleep. They didn't even know what Jesus was really going to do. But they trusted him. And now they're sitting at this wonderful celebration that they have done for years. Celebrating the past, the what's of God, and recognizing that it was because of God. And Jesus takes the time and he says, guys, I want you to take a piece of bread. I want you to take a piece of bread and break it off and eat it. And when you're doing this, I want you to think about this thought. When you eat that bread from here on out, you're eating my body. Think about that. What a, what a solemn moment as they're celebrating the great works of God. And Jesus had the audacity to say, hey, break off a piece of bread. And when you eat it from this moment forward, I want you to do it in remembrance of me that you're eating my body. I don't know about you, but if that had been me, I might have looked at it a little differently. I might have even questioned, what are you talking about? We have the the wonderful opportunity to read scripture and we know what he's talking about. But these guys didn't. They had no idea what he's talking about. Do this in remembrance of me? You're going to eat my body? But man, 
just a few short days later, it all made sense. And I think that's what I long for more than anything. Is there are so many things that I don't understand about all of this. I just want it to make sense. But for me, after listening to Andy and, and studying it on my own, it's starting to make a little more sense to me now. It's not about the bread. It's not about the wafer. That's a what. It's about repositioning my life, repositioning my thinking, refocusing my vision on the who and what he's done. And then he said, hey, I want you to take this cup (laughs) as he passes it around and take a sip of it. And when you do it from here on out, I don't want you to necessarily forget what's happened in the past, but I don't want you to focus on that what. I want you to think about me. And when you take a sip of this juice, of this grape juice or wine or whatever they were using, I want you to think of me and the shedding of my blood, that you are drinking my blood. I just wonder how special that was for them to try to figure all that out, to try to piece it all together. And what a wonderful gift we have to read it in Scripture, to watch Jesus, the very one, the very who, who was going to do an, a, a spectacular what for us. To be able to take something like this, it's already prepackaged, and to look at it and say, when I ingest this, I'm going to focus on the life that was given for me. And the blood that was shed to cover my sins because I'm not able to. I'm not going to focus just on the deeds and the what. I'm going to focus on the very life that said, I want to bring you life. Bring all your burdens to me and let me carry them for you. Because my yoke is easy. And you can carry it with me. That's the who that we worship, folks. That's the savior of our world. And in just a few moments, we're going to take this together. But Diana and I have been talking, and she has a song that she's going to lead us in. I just want you to sit and listen. And use this moment to not think about the what. Think about the who. As we break this bread, as we drink this cup, Lord, we remember how you gave your life on a brutal cross. Lord, we remember. This is the way you've chosen to save. This is the way I make all things new. This is the way you've chosen to save. This is the way I make all things new. Broken and beautiful, extravagant love. 
prodigal grace, broken and beautiful. God's perfect justice, mercy's embrace. As we break this bread, as we drink this cup. Lord, we remember it was for my sin that your flesh was torn. Lord, we remember this is the way you've chosen to save. This is the way you make all things new. This is the way you've chosen to save. This is the way you make all things new, broken and beautiful. Extravagant love, prodigal grace, broken and God's perfect justice, mercy embrace. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken every chain. My sins are gone. My debt's been paid. You gave, you gave your life away for me. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken every chain. My sins are gone. My debt's been paid. He gave, he gave your life away for me, for me. How glorious is your love. If I could sing forever. It's not enough. It's not enough. As we break this bread, as we drink this cup, Lord, we We just ask that your blessing fall on this time. Thank you for what this represents. And God, the what's of what you have done are fantastic and amazing and what you want to continue to do are so good. But may we not be distracted by that, Father. May we see the who behind every one of them. Thank you for being that for us. Thank you for willingly giving your life and shedding your blood for our redemption. In Jesus' name, amen.
It has been an absolute pleasure and joy to be with you all through last year. And I look forward to an even more amazing year of 2022. Thank you so much on behalf of the staff and myself for the gifts and the cards. You guys are so generous and so encouraging and so kind. We are more than blessed because of you. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to the church. Thank you for being the church. God bless you. I'm going to turn it over to Seth. Thank you, Alan. When I think about the difference between the what and the who, it reminds me of the difference between religion and a relationship. Religion is not exactly what Christianity is. Religion is is stuff. It's, it's traditions. It's what? It's the things that we can do. It's the things that I can do. But a relationship is what Jesus invites us into. A religion is maybe about me, but the relationship that Jesus invites us to is all about him. And when we are captivated by the who, when we're captivated by who Christ is, then all the other stuff, all the what comes into place. So I don't come to church on Sunday mornings because church is great, but church is great. I come to church on Sunday mornings because I love Jesus and I want to be with him together with you. And that draws me here, not because of the church, but the church exists because of him. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. If you are part of the church um, text group then you will have gotten a text this week, yesterday, that will have reminded you that we're back to our normal schedule now. So we will be here tonight for youth night. We'll be here Wednesday night for Wednesday night dinner. Um, In fact, I think it's uh, Sloppy Joe this week. Linda reserves the right to change the menu. Uh, But I hope you'll come out on Wednesday nights uh, for dinner. And we're back to our our normal schedule with Bible studies uh, throughout the week. If you're not connected, um, either through the church app or the Facebook group or the text, check with one of the um, church staff. They can tell you how to get connected um, to those things so that you're aware of what's going on um, each and every week. Last thing I want to say before we go is um, I want to say a thank you. So um, yesterday was New Year. It was the New Year, January 1st. We all celebrated it. It was also the first day of my parents' retirement. Um, so mom and dad uh, have been working here at the church for decades, 30 years. Um, and um, we announced the retirement a few months ago. Uh, December 31st was their last day. And so I just wanted to say thank you, uh, you guys, um, for your service at the church. Yeah, say thank you. Super excited uh, for the next adventure that God has for you. And I know that your service to him and your leadership uh, for our family and for this group is far from over. Although the full-time paid employment part is over, um, we still have uh, a long way to go together in serving God. So thank you. Thank you guys uh, for being here. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. You're dismissed.